Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very, very special episode of Poddywood with a very, very special guest. I am one of your co-hosts, Steve Hester, and with me, as always, is... Your special guest, that's me. Just joking. (laughs) It's called humour. Andrew Roger Carson, co-host of Poddywood. This is a truly special episode because it's not often that we always get so excited to see uh, one of our regulars come back and making his fifth appearance on Partywood. First time on video, I might add. Fresh from completing his filming on Beverly Hills Cop Axel Foley. John Ashton, how are you doing, buddy? How are you doing, guys? Yeah, it's to see really, you. really good to see you back again. It's great to see you guys. You guys are always a lot of fun. So hopefully That's- this will be fun too. Yes, yes. That's our defense for Netflix. Um, So you've just got back from Los Angeles, fresh off the plane, fresh off the shooting for your return as uh, Sergeant John Taggart. Uh, Iconic role. Everyone knows who Sergeant John Taggart is. Even Jim Meekin knows who Sergeant John Taggart is. But... (laughs) You know, this is something that we have talked about over the four previous shows. The last time we had you on the show, uh, you were still waiting on that call. Mm. And I believe you got the call. Was it in September, maybe? Uh, Actually, I got the call in July. Oh, you dark horse, John. You kept it from us. (laughs) Uh, uh, No, I I got the call. Actually, I was in Chicago. in July and August and I was negotiating while I was doing the other film in Chicago so it was it was kind of uh it was called uh All Happy Families the one in Chicago and um so it was just kind of weird trying to try trying to negotiate one thing while you're shooting another trying to keep my head in the project that I was working on at the time and try to split my mind with negotiating on the film so Anyway, it all worked out fine. So, well, given how much of a big thing Beverly Hills Cop was, particularly for anyone that grew up watching eighties movies, how hard was it to try and keep this all a secret until you were allowed to let it out of the bag? It's pretty hard. I mean, because every you know everybody's been waiting for this film for twenty years, you know, so they've been talking about it for twenty years, and uh, um, it was pretty hard to to keep a lid on it, you know, but uh, and it still is because actually they're still filming. Uh, they they're in Detroit filming now. Or they finish uh, December sixth, so uh, I'm I'm technically still on the payroll. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, they're I mean, thank you for this. <laughs> in looking at it, I mean, earlier this year it was uh, Adil L. R. B. and. Bilal Fala, who were down as the directors for Beverly Hills Cop 4. And I believe they left the project around March. Um, they were the original directors. They directed Bad Boys for Life. Uh, I think they were also the directors of Batgirl. That film does exist, by the way. <laughs> We've heard. Um, and obviously now we get... Uh, probably one of the most freshest names we've got as a director is Mark Malloy. So... Was it Mark Malloy who reached out to you specifically? Uh, well, no, the studio did. And uh, they wanted me to have a Zoom meeting with Mark. And uh, we decided that it'd be better to have a personal meeting. So I flew to L.A. and had a meeting with Mark there. And and uh, he said all the right things about how he wanted to do COP4. And um, he gave me a little bit of the, 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 the storyboard. Uh, but, you know, he said he wants to take it back to the 80s and, and you know, get it back to where it was, you know. Um, and I and I and I, he hit the nail on the head for me. I mean, <clears throat> like I said before, you know, I, I was, you know, I, I wasn't interviewing for a job. I really wanted to see what he had to say and where, where his head was at and where he wanted to go with the project. And he said all the right things. And and that's the way we shot it. I mean, uh he stuck to his guns and I looked up his credits just to see, you know, what kind of things he had shot previously. And he did a great, great job uh, with, he, he did a lot of Apple commercials and videos and, and they all looked great. And so I was, I was, I was content with that. And then, 
Adu is our cinematographer, and he's from Europe somewhere, and I don't know where. Mark is from Australia. Adu, I don't, I can't remember where he's from, Italy or, but great cinematographer, and uh, we had a tremendous crew. Uh, and the title of the movie now is Axel F, not Axel Foley. It's ah. cop Axel F. Um, but uh, the crew is fantastic, and. Uh, we, Judge and Eddie and I were shooting a scene one night and one of the crew guys came over to me and and he says, boy, I got the chills. And I said, why? And he said, I was seven years old when the first one came out to see you three guys back together, gave me the chills, man. So uh, that was a nice compliment. And uh, and I said, well, you're having fun. He goes, yeah, this is great. I love it. And it was just one of the, you know. <laughs> This goes to show we're, we're all still fans at heart. And I think so many people are now waiting on uh, th this next installment of Beverly Hills Cop. I mean, there's been so many promises that a fourth movie was going to happen. And, you know, there was various directors. I think even someone Michael Bay was attached at one point. Uh, mm -hmm. Louis Leteria was attached. And none of them ever got off the ground. But... um now here we are, and I've got to ask, obviously, Jerry Bruckheimer is riding high off the success of Top Gun Maverick. Right. You know, and do you think this was kind of a, an inkling that, you know, this is time to make this work? If something like Top Gun from the same era, it can do those kind of numbers, is it time to pull this script out and actually make this movie work? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Jerry's great to work with. I mean, you know, he came to the set a few times. You know, he's an executive producer. They're very, very rarely on the set. But Jerry, you know, most of the times when Judge and Eddie and I had scenes, he would show up because he wanted <laughs> to. <laughs> and uh, it was a great compliment. And uh, I got I got uh, the shingles while I was working. I still have them, but. Uh, and I got a shingle shot, you know, months ago, and I got it still. And it was very painful. And I had a, about a three and a half page scene to do with Eddie one day. And uh, and I, I couldn't sleep all night because I couldn't, my sides were killing me. And so I got to work and I really felt crappy because I didn't get any sleep and stuff. And I had a three and a half page scene with Eddie to do. And so I got to the set and Mark said, how you doing? And I said, not too good. And Jerry happened to be standing right there. And and uh, I told him, I said, well, I got shingled and I couldn't sleep and I feel like crap. And, <laughs> and Mark said, well, can you work? And I go, yeah, I can work, you know. And and Jerry said, he's a pro. He's one of the best in the business. He can work, you know, <laughs> which was a nice compliment coming from Jerry Bruckheimer. So uh, I did the scene and it all worked out fine, I think. But anyway. It was great having Jerry around. It was great seeing him, and he's he's uh he's he's the best. He's great, and I, I love working with him. Well, this has been like you say, this has been a long time coming. This follow up, and it has taken so many different aborted attempts to try and get it off the ground. What made this one so different? The script, I believe. I ah, think no. Eddie kept waiting for a good script and one finally came along and, you know, Jerry, I mean, he found Mark somehow, you know, and got him involved and, you know, for, for Jerry to take a shot with Mark, you know, being his first feature film, that, that just says something for Jerry Bruckheimer, you know, and, and I think he made the right choice and the script is, is I think that, I think the audience is going to love it. The script is great. And uh, a lot of a lot of action comedy. Um, it's it may top the first one. <laughs> it's that, really that's a bold really claim. Cool, you know that is and, a bold claim. But what we do have to say here for anyone who's tuned in to find out plot details due to confidentiality agreements that John has signed, and the fact that officially Netflix has not released a statement on what the plot is, even though there are sources out there claiming on what the plot is. We don't want to land Johnny Trouble. We are not going to cover what the plot is. That is going to come at a later date. We don't know. We don't want to know yet. No, we'll we, we, don't, we don't want to spoil it for you. Exactly. You know, no, we want no. you to actually watch the film yourself. We don't want to spoil but, anything. 
But what we do want to know about, the moment the three of you reunited for the first time on this movie. Mm-hmm. So it set was, the scene for us. <laughs> honest, I, honest to God, it was, it was like we never left. It was wow. just, just we were all right there, right there. It was like forty years hadn't gone by. It was like we just worked yesterday. It was weird, you know. It was uh, we just walked on the set? Hey, man, how you doing? Good, man. How you doing? Okay, man. Let's go to work. Okay, you know. It was uh, it was weird, man. It was like uh, nothing like we had just got done working last week. So uh, it was great. It was great. The thing is, um, for Eddie especially, I mean, Axel Foley is his major breakout role. It is the role sure. that you you say Eddie mm-hmm. Murphy. Axel Foley is the role that jumps to everybody's mind. And it's such a, a special role for him and his career, really turning him into the megastar. Um, I, I guess so number three came along. <laughs> but um, were there any kind of um, like jitters on the role, you know, stepping back into these roles? I mean, there must have been some just amazing feeling for the three of you to, you know, the first running of lines for it. Well, uh, you know, I had just two weeks, I had just finished working on a film in Chicago two weeks prior to starting this. And I, I, I know the, the pressure that everybody felt, you know, uh, because of, of past performances on the third one and stuff. <laughs> and the anticipation for four was, is so high. And you could feel the tension. I mean, the first day, you could feel the pressure, you know, I mean, but, and I felt it, you know, I'll be honest, I felt it, but I had to sit down and just say to myself, it's just a movie, man, you know, you've done it, you've done it, and you just relax and do your role, and what, what happens, happens, you know, I mean, when we did the first Beverly Hills Cop, I mean, I never approached it with saying, man, this is going to be a huge movie. This is going to be a hit movie. It was a job, you know, and I went to work and I did my job and I went home. And that's the only way you can really approach it is uh, to concentrate on your character and your relationships with the other characters and, and do your job and go home, you know, and a lot of the other things take care of themselves. I mean, that's why I, I watch my movies and I've told you, I watch my movies once and that's it. I don't want to ever watch it again mm. because I can't change anything. Yeah. I go to the first one out of curiosity because I want to see how it came out and I want to see the audience reaction and, and, you know, hopefully it's going to be a good one, I think. Um, but after that, I, I don't ever see them again. You know, I, I just, there's nothing I can change. It is what it is. I did my job and that's, I can't change it. And a lot of that feeling comes from being a stage actor because I did stage for 20 years before I started doing films and you don't get a chance to redo it on stage. (laughs) You, you gotta get, you gotta lay it out there and and do it, do the best you can. And then you go home and you don't get a chance to do it again. You know? So when you're on the set working and shooting, then a lot of times you can say, hey, can I have another take? I think I can do it better or something. But once the finished product is out there, there's nothing you can do about it. It's done. So going to watch it a million times, I don't, I, you know, and there's actors that go and watch every take on the, on the monitors, you know, they'll cut and then they'll go look at the monitors and they go watch it. I, I can't watch it. I've never been to Dale. I went to Daly's once when I first started in 1971. I hated everything I saw. And I said, I will never do that again. Because in Daly's, of course, that was during film. Not Now it's everything's digitized. But during film, you know, there's six or eight takes out there that you're watching. And as an actor, you're going to pick out the worst ones. You know, those are the ones that stick in your head. So I, I swore to myself after that, I will never go to dailies and I never have. And, and even on, on, on monitors, I tell them to hide the monitors. I don't want to look at them. And uh, I just, it's, I got to concentrate on 
on what I'm doing. I can't concentrate on that thing over there. You know. But in regards to that, uh, between uh, all the people who have returned on this movie, obviously you also have uh, Paul Reiser and Bronson Pinchot as well have returned to their roles. I mean, th- this truly does feel like more of a love letter to the Beverly Hills Cop uh, franchise. Uh, so was the magic still there? I hope so. I mean, I don't have any scenes with them. So uh, we we didn't work together on the film. Of course, I, I met with Judge and Eddie mainly. Yeah, I, I, you know, uh, Paul and I never had scenes because all his scenes are in Detroit, and uh, and Bronson Pinchot and I never had any scenes because that was with he and Eddie and Judge, you know, in the in the shop there, and and uh, so I I never had any scenes with him, and I don't have any scenes with him on this one. So, you know, I'm, but I'm as for the Three Musketeers, we're expecting it all to still be there. Just like old times. I think it'll be cool. I saw him in a makeup trailer. That's the only time I saw him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, in um, kind of looking here, there was a, a couple of quick questions that came up. One, uh, in relation to Mark Malloy, and obviously now you've worked with uh, Marty Brest on the original Beverly Hills Cop. You worked with the late Tony Scott on Beverly Hills Cop 2, and now Mark Malloy. So it's three different directors over... Uh, the movies that you've been involved with in the Beverly Hills Cup. And uh, what would you say um, is there, what's the, what's the best way I can put it? Uh, what I kind mean, of separates these where you're three going, man. I don't know if I can answer it, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, what are the unique things that these three directors have brought to this trilogy when coming along? Well, they all, you know, they all have their their own mark, you know. I mean, and and Mark Mark is, I don't know how old he is. He's probably what mid thirties, something like that, which is about what Marty was when we did the first one. I actually, I called Marty before I started shooting, and uh, I had a long talk with Marty on the phone, and you know, uh, I just you know thanked him for everything he did for you know for me and and helping me and Judge create those characters and. And he said, oh, man, you made my career. You made it easy. I know Marty's that way. He doesn't, you can't compliment him because he says, no, you did it for me. I didn't do it for you. And, you know, anyway, so I had a long talk with Marty and and he wished me luck and everything. And actually, I in the makeup trailer, I told Bronson um, for show that I that I talked to Marty and he goes, oh, can I have Marty's number? I want to call him. So <laughs> I Bronson Marty's number and. Uh, anyway, they 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 all three of them have you know every director you work with has got their own special way of working and you adapt to it you know and I got my own way of working too you know I I approach a character a certain way and you know and I I I try to do the best I can and try to do you know the things that they give me as direction you know that I try to help you know work with them and. And, you know, it's a collaboration, you know, that, uh, you know, it's, yeah. if I'm doing something wrong, I hope the director says something to me, you know, and and if I do it right, I'm, it's nice for him to say perfect. That's great. <laughs> you know, so it's a collaboration. And, you know, Tony was different. Tony was very energetic and, you know, frantic and that kind of energy, you know, and. Actually, Mark would remind me a lot of, of Marty, actually, in a way. Wow. The way he worked and, you know, in his process. So, anyway. That's amazing. I'm sure I'd be glad to hear that. I've, um, uh, I've just been going through the, the cast list as far as IMDb is concerned. A um, little bit disappointed, and I can understand why he wasn't in the movie, but a little bit disappointed that Hector Alonso didn't show up, at least in a little cameo <laughs> in this so far. Because I just think it would have been nice just for there being a moment between... His character in Taggart. It's just, <laughs> I just think that would have been a nice little moment, but no, he's not in this. But yeah. I'm, dis- oh, I, I'm disappointed Stephen Burkoff didn't come back. Yeah. <laughs> That's because he's dead, dear boy. No. There is a there's uh, Comic Con. Uh, yeah, I don't come back. <laughs> yeah, that would have been an uncom. Un- and I love Hector's a good actor. You know, there's no, you know, I I have no qualms about Hector, you know, but it would have been a funny scene to say, hey, I'm back, now fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) 
That should, that should be the tagline of the movie, really, shouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. The heat is back, so fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, just a couple of questions. If you can answer them or not, that is fine. These are uh, what people have sent me today. Um, obviously, Netflix now has just had a hit with Glass Onion getting a one-week theatrical release before going up onto the streaming platform. Naturally with uh, Jerry Bruckheimer and the Beverly Hills Cop franchise, do we think this would get a theatrical release for even a week to two weeks prior to going? Uh, well, you want my opinion? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I mean, the whole, the whole you know, I, I, the whole world's waiting for this movie to come out, you know? I mean, I have fans all over the world, you know, and uh, I get stuff on my social page, you know, how excited they are for it. I mean, and I, I think Top Gun was supposed to go right to streaming too. And and Jerry and, and uh, um, Tom Cruise said, no, we want to release it. And then what did they do? They released it and made, what, a billion dollars worldwide <laughs> on the yeah. release? Uh, so I, I, I can't see them not going theatrical. Like really, I hope they do. I Obviously, I, I have no say in that, but... I, I certainly hope it goes theatrical before it streams. Yeah, well, if, if Glass Onion is anything to go by, it is a strategy that is going to work. So we mm. want to see Beverly Hills Cup on a big screen. Oh, absolutely. Um, in total sense. Uh, another question is, uh, like uh, Eddie Murphy's sequel, Coming to America, that was released on Amazon Prime, which was a huge hit for Amazon Prime, um, but will Beverly Hills Cup for be kind of toned down and politically correct as that movie was. Uh, we probably can't even comment on that. I know there is a diehard or audience of Beverly Hills Cup fans who want the Beverly Hills Cup of old. Uh, but are we expecting a PG-13? For Cop 4? <clears throat> Not the way the dialogue is. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so there's here, more than one F-bomb. We get it. Yeah, <laughs> Way more than one F-bomb. Yeah, you want but to see what weird... happens to the banana in this movie. <laughs> yeah, well, the, but the weird thing is, and uh, I, I think I can tell you this, uh, I had a scene where uh, it, it was a, a funny scene but that I wanted to smoke a cigar in because Taggart smokes cigars. And I went. Uh, we did the first rehearsal, and I put the cigar in, and they stopped, and they said, "You can't smoke." And I said, "What?" And they said, "That's a Netflix policy. You can't smoke." I go, "Taggart smokes cigars." I mean, that's, and they wouldn't let me smoke a cigar, which kind of pissed me off. But anyway, um, yeah, there is a lot of the no smoking policy in a lot of movies yeah, nowadays. They. If that's the case, they'll never do Midnight Run, that's for sure. <laughs> Watch your cigarettes around this guy, Jack. Yeah. Well, you know, you work with what you got, you know, so we worked out something else that we think was just as funny, so hopefully it will be. Um, a good question here, uh, whether you can answer it or not, uh, and uh, they've asked, is Target and Rosewood going to be like a Starsky and Hutch style cameo just at the end, or are they in the movie for a good portion of time? We are an intricate part of the movie, believe me. Perfect. That is Wonderful. all you need to say. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're all happy. Uh, here's a question even I want to know. Does Beverly Hills Cup Axel F finally erase Beverly Hills Cup 3 from canon? <laughs> I don't know if I can answer that, but I certainly hope so. I just hope they're actually bringing the theme tune back. Oh, the what's the theme tune? You know, you, you you can't have a Beverly Hills Got movie without the the Axel F theme tune, and if they don't include that, I will be very very disappointed. Steve, have you seen Top Gun Maverick? No, I haven't. Trust me, <laughs> that they open Top Gun Maverick with Danger Zone. Right, exactly the same, right? And that was one of the things that the fans just went absolutely nuts for straight off and knew they were in safe hands. Uh, I think we can honestly say Axel F is almost a character, you know, of the movie, that theme tune. So 
I'd, I'd be amazed if we don't care. What scene are you? I can't understand you. Scream scene? No, no, no. The no, theme no. tune. Theme tune. The infamous Harold Faltermeyer uh, Axel oh, F oh. theme tune. Uh, da, 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 yeah. Da, da. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> that, like I say, that's not my job, but I assume they, they will put it in there somewhere. Uh, I've I've even got a question here. So you say that uh, you said it was better to fly out to Los Angeles to meet uh, Mark Malloy in person. How much influence was playing golf in that decision, John? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it was nice weather in Colorado. I could have played golf here, and I didn't even take my clubs there. And believe me, you know, I, I, L.A. is not my favorite place anyway. So I actually I flew in. I had a Tuesday morning meeting with him. I flew in Monday afternoon, had dinner with my son Monday night, had the meeting with Mark at 10 o'clock Tuesday morning and had a two o'clock flight out of there. <laughs> <laughs> so I literally flew in and flew out. I've had longer layovers than that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, realistically, I mean, there is so much going on. Obviously, we've got um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Kevin Bacon is now added to the cast in kind of undisclosed roles. Um, obviously, reuniting with you from She's Having a Baby. Mm -hmm. That's John Hughes' connection from the 80s there. Same year as Beverly Hills Cop 2, I believe. Um, it was 86, I believe, or 87. Yeah, so it would have been around that time. Um so obviously now, I mean, uh, I obviously want to give you kind of this platform now, um, you know, to for you to basically tell us, you know, how much gratitude you have for this happening and people never really letting Beverly Hills Cup 4 go. <laughs> they always wanted to see it. So how, how do you feel um, about reuniting with all of these people that uh, you've taken this special career journey on? Well, you know, I, 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 I love, I love the, the fact that we're doing, you know, that we did it. And um, it, it's, it's always been, you know, from the first one, Jerry and Don Simpson, after the first one came out, they wanted to make a whole sequel of, of them around the world. Yeah. Uh, the second one they wanted to do in London where the three of us go to London and screw up the Scotland Yard and everything, you know, and, uh, but uh, they, they didn't. And, uh, but their, their, their plan after the first one was to go to Tokyo, London, go all over the world with them and do them in different places. But, uh, but they decided to, you know, stick them all in Beverly Hills because they are Beverly Hills cop is the title. So, um but um, no, I'm I'm very proud to be in the franchise, and and you know I know Netflix has picked up the rights to do five too. Wow! So oh. This does this does well. Uh, there might be a fifth one. So you heard it I, here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you can read the internet. <laughs> well, I, I, can... I, I know they have the rights to it. I but I think if this is successful, they're there there'll be a fifth one probably i was when you mentioned that, oh they were planning to come to london i was trying to work out in my head what what would it be called because you can't call it beverly hills cop and i've i've worked out that you possibly could call it notting hill cop but it just <laughs> wouldn't have the same resonance no, you no. couldn't really have gunfights in there It'd just be people going hello governor <laughs> well it'd have to be a tag on it you know yeah like, uh... <laughs> Yes, uh, cop. Uh, you know, so you basically it just would Everybody have been Shanghai Nights, nephew Scotland Yard, or something. You know, yeah. we did a subtitle or something. Oh yes. <laughs> so how how many British stereotypes can you fit into a Hollywood movie? <laughs> yeah, as right. many as you want. You've got all our actors. <laughs> so, um... I'm not having you Americans come over here and then <laughs> and then destroy our brilliant police force. There'd be all that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. Yeah. Well, um, John, obviously, uh, apart from Beverly Hills Cop, you have also still been busy. Uh, two other movies that you've been working on as well. Right. 
Uh, tell us about them if you can. Well, uh, in the spring, uh, I did a film called Lonesome Soldier. Um, we shot it in New Mexico. Uh, and um, the the company I work for, they, they want me to be involved with it. And they, they want to do a series of military-based films, and uh, and which I think is great. And this is the first of the of a series they want to do, and it's about a, a young kid that uh, goes to Iraq and and comes back and has PTSD. And I play his grandfather, who was a Vietnam vet, and I'm trying to help him through his situation. And um, it's it's a cool little film. And uh, right after that, I went to Chicago and did All Happy Families, which is uh, about a dysfunctional family. <laughs> and I played the father in that one. And uh, uh, it's the same uh, Harula Rose directed uh, Once Upon a River that I did back in 19 or 2016 uh, or 17. Or yeah, 18. Really good movie. Thank you. Well, she directed this film and wanted me to be in it, so I play the father of this family, and it, it's kind of a, a, a dramedy kind of thing. But uh, uh, it, it, it was it was great to work with her again, and and uh, and then, uh, like I said, I got I got called for to start negotiating cop war while I was in Chicago shooting that, so. It was kind of a, a weird thing, but I, I finished that in mid-August and had two weeks off and went right to L.A. and started Cop 4. So it's been a busy year. I need yeah. a vacation. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you definitely need a vacation. The game has suffered quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, John, um, you know, we, we've been friends for a while now. It is so great seeing this journey back to Beverly Hills Cop 4 from when we first started talking about it. We're all like, you know, we're waiting, you know, where's the call coming? And now to finally see that happen. And obviously, you know, you're a great staple of this show. We love having you here. And oh, you, uh, I love being here. <laughs> I I was, believe me, believe me, when we started negotiating, I, I said, well, I want to read the script. And uh, I had already had my meeting with Mark and um, I read the script and I was so happy when I read the script that the way I could, because I was worried, as you mentioned earlier, is it just going to be, you know, a cameo role at the end, of, you know, and believe me, it's not. We are very integral of, in the movie. And I was so happy about that. And so was Judge. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're, we're all happy about that. Even, even if we're not going to see Judge in the Santa Claus for because of it. <laughs> we, yeah. we, we can forgive that we can forgive it but um it, go coming on, back um coming back to this after after so long and you and judge were kind of like the 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 laurel and hardy really and bouncing off each other probably more than you were bouncing off eddie um mm -hmm. but you were still doing quite a lot of stuff that was very very physical and very demanding how did you find coming back to back to this and did you have to go through any kind of special training to get yourself back ready into the role or was it just no but you know i mean we have uh the shootouts and stuff and you know rolling around it was it was a little different you know they, they had to put one more mat down this time <laughs> <laughs> was there any instance of you just saying i'm getting too old for this shit and then the copyright guy comes in and says oh, oh, yeah. actually john you can't say that <laughs> Yeah, right. Oh, you want me to dive in those rocks? I need two mats then, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing just like something out of like a Mel Brooks film where you look like you're about to dive and then it cuts to a stunt guy that's doing the actual dive and looks nothing like you. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> Bring back the 80s stunt doubles. Yeah. <clears throat> and double is a very loose term. <laughs> but no, um, John, um, we we always love uh, having you on. We look forward to getting you back on shortly. I know that we are planning uh, a large Christmas episode where we're going to have a bunch of people. We would love to have you come join for a bit of festivities with us for an hour. We have a bunch of other actors. And, uh, you know, seeing the Christmas spirit and seeing the new year. We, we were supposed to do last year, <laughs> but uh, I'm pretty sure yeah. one of us got ill. 
that will be me. COVID. Is that you? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, this year we're, we're well, avoiding it. It's a strange thing that one bet has changed the world. <laughs> I know. God. <laughs> my mum's been sick with that recently, actually. She's been laid up with uh, with my stepdad over the last uh, week and a half or so. It was the first time catching it. I've had it twice. It's nothing the oh, second yeah. time round. It's uh, whatever. Brag. Well, believe me, <laughs> believe me on yeah. on the show. It's we're very strict. I mean, uh, I mean, we got tested constantly. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Actually, uh, is the the COVID protocols on Hollywood productions as big as this? Is it still as stringent as it was two years ago? You know, is it still in? Well, they were very very strict. Very strict. I mean, I. There were, you know, I wouldn't if if I had like three or four days off, and then I had to go back. They would send a nurse to my my condo and give me a test at my condo the night before I had to go to work, and then I'd go to work in the morning, and then they test me again as soon as I got there, and I just got tested the night before. They were testing us constantly. Believe me, wow. they were very very strict about it. Well, it's no. good to see that it's happening. I know a lot of. Indie productions just don't even bother nowadays. Like, it's it's amazing how getting really off topic, uh, but sticking with COVID. Um, when I got my first batch, I had a test, just like one of the standard tests. I had that, started feeling a bit crappy. Work sent me home, and then I just went and got one of the proper tests. And next thing you know, I was full blown with it, and the difference was about six hours. From having nothing on a standard test to having one of the proper PCR tests, and just, uh, right. so you know, I'm well, not surprised. I'm I'm quite glad that they are still keeping on top of it because it would do far more damage to Hollywood if they didn't. No, I think it was unbelievable. It was really unbelievable. Um, my son came to the set one day to visit me because he wanted to watch this one scene we were going to shoot, and they wouldn't even let him on the lot. I mean, yeah. if you if you weren't on the crew, you couldn't come in. I mean, that was it. They were very, very strict. Yeah, I, I experienced that at Warner Brothers this year uh, when I went along there. And, you know, it was kind of very strict that they weren't letting a lot of people uh, on the lot. I don't know how they let me in, but still. Well, <laughs> but... The thing is, you know, <laughs> the thing is, if somebody gets it, I mean, it shuts down production. And that's... Yeah. Plus a lot of money. I mean, the film I did in Chicago, we had a wonderful cinematographer, Jojo, a female photographer, and she was very good friends with uh, Hutchins. Uh, yeah. Uh, she was very good friends with her, the one that got killed in in uh, New Mexico. Uh, uh, Hutchins. Helena. Helena Hutchins. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Jojo got covid in chicago and they were testing this pretty good there and that was an independent film and they were testing this pretty good and she got it and and it it just caused what they had to do now the assistant cinematographer took over and would shoot a scene and then send it to her because she was in lockdown at her apartment and they would send her the scene through through zoom and she would look at the scene and then criticize and tell her the changes to make. So every time we did a shot, we had to sit and wait till it went back to her, till she looked at it, and then sent her notes back through Zoom, and they talked back and forth through Zoom on the set. And I mean, it took forever to do a scene after she got it. And she, she came back luckily a week, you know, she was only gone a week, but but that's the havoc that it causes, you know. And can you imagine if Eddie got it? I mean, Oof. Well, it would have cost him a fortune. Yeah. Well, we we all remember oh, yeah. the uh, the Mission Impossible stories that was just ongoing and ongoing. That movie's still not out yet, but that thing was getting shut down like every every week. What it felt like because of somebody testing positive or you know someone breaching the the protocols in place or whatever. You know, I'm going to be sad when that movie gets released because we'll have no more stories about it to cover. <laughs> Dude, how good it is. And, so, and the thing is in Colorado we're pretty over it you know nobody wears masks I mean, a few people do because they want to but we're pretty much over it and then when I got to LA it was, it was like holy cow these people 
you go to a rest every all the restaurants close at eight o'clock now. Yeah, I found that incredibly bizarre. That one of the things that I was found bizarre about LA when I was there earlier this year is people walk into the restaurant with their masks on and then take them off to sit down. It's like, yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm just not getting it. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't get it either. People well, drive wearing a mask going in at all if you're going to take it off. People drive in their cars with their mask on, with their windows up, and they're the only one in the car. And they got a Why mask do on. they do that? I have it's, no idea. It's LA, Steve. No, yeah, I don't, just don't I, ask questions. I've seen them do it over <laughs> here as well, the exact same. Okay, I get it if you're a taxi driver or something, but if you're the only yeah. person that's in the, your car, why have a mask on? Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't get it. I mean, it's it's kind of weird on the set because the crew has to wear their masks, but the actors aren't. Yeah. So, yeah. which, you know, it's kind of, you know, obviously the actors can't wear masks. We got to perform. So, I, it's just weird to me, you know? I'd so love that- to actually see a version of Beverly Hills Cop where everyone has got a mask on. <laughs> and you can't hear any of the dialogue or anything. You can't hear anything. It'd be funny if we all had hazmat suits on, you know? Yes. Doing the shootouts with full hazmat suits. There's been a dirty bomb let off in Beverly Hills, so everyone's got to wear these suits and hazmat suits. Um, but then again, if, if you really want to see, um, you know, a, a movie where people are just going to be wearing masks all the way through, that kind of situation in uh, Los Angeles, just go on the red line. People are wearing masks there all the time, as well as a gun and a knife. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've just, I almost got shot on that red line. So, you know, I, I can say. Um, well, yeah, you, I remember you telling me that. You know, oh, I didn't feel that threatened when I was in Mexico. Universal God. Studios, right? Uh, I was coming back from Universal Studios, and the, the strange thing was the shooting wasn't on the red line. Um, although riding the red line is one of the worst. It's actually now one of the worst experiences I have. I stopped traveling on the red line on this last trip and just got Ubers instead after this incident. I got to Union Station, and I got up to the gold line, to head into Pasadena and I was on just on the platform I'm looking up to see if the train's actually coming down and next minute what I thought I heard was that sound like when someone drops a skateboard and it makes that bang sound Mm. and then I saw people running (laughs) and I just turned to my right and there's just a guy there I dropped to the floor and another guy's over him like trying to sort and everyone is just running around like crazy the guy stood next to me he's like dude that guy next to you just got shot <laughs> and i'm like wow i was like i was right next to that guy um i, I remember bill i told bill uh message him says guys just got shot i'm here on the platform still and he's like do you want me to come and get you i'll get in the car now and come and get you I was like, oh no train's here it's fine i've been to salford you know <laughs> <laughs> Don't shoot you there. They drive over you in case the bullet missed. That's scary. Yeah, yeah it was uh, it was an experience. Uh, not one I want to relive. But uh, yeah, really? it was uh, it was not well, a, we, a good well, introduction. We had to shoot different weapons in in this this film uh, because of the incident in uh, New Mexico. Yeah. So the, the guys at the, the prop guys were fantastic on, on this film and, and the armors and everything. But because of that incident in New Mexico, we had to change a bunch of stuff. And it kind of was a little irritating. But yeah, so, mean, so they've not gone the way of um, like uh, digitally putting in gunshots or anything like that. Or have they? Well, we. Uh, the first day, you know, with the shotgun, and I said that uh, the armor and the prop guy said, "Well, I, you know, I like a, a full load, you know, because uh, they have quarter loads, half loads, and full loads in the blanks, and I like a full load because I, I know weapons a little bit, and they know that I know what I'm doing, because I want to feel that that kick, yeah. you know, I want mm-hmm. that, because your quarter load is like a little pop gun, you know, and it just doesn't give you that feeling." Well, we couldn't even use those. They were total blanks. 
So and you never got that real good. You had to fake that. And I, 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 I was a little upset about that, but, but it is what it is. And you know. yeah, it's a changing face of the industry now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so obviously, in talking about um, illness and stuff that we have passed, I just want to sh- send a big shout out to our regular Bill Daly, feeling a bit under the weather. We love you, Bill. Oh, you guys could have he, he can't answer well. you back. You know that, don't you? <laughs> You guys could have said, Get he's well, not on Bill. this he conference call. He can't. He, he he won't hear this until he sees the episode. You know this, don't you, Bill? This is why you know I'm your friend. Okay. <laughs> he cc'd me in on one email. That's it. And that was who the fuck is Steve? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who am I? I don't know. Well, listen, uh, we're not going to take up too much of your time, John. I know you've got cigars to smoke and golf to play and, <laughs> and a good... we, just, we just got four inches of snow so i got nothing really yeah. wow wow so, uh, but but i need the rest that's okay yeah. but I'd, yeah, I'd rather be resting by a pool in hawaii somewhere than you know yeah well I, I stuck my head out the window earlier and it's all mist and fog and oppressive cold and damp so i can't honestly say as i blame me i would much rather be by a pool in hawaii as well <laughs> yeah, exactly. but john we, we do want to say uh thank you so much for letting us be kind of the first place you've got to talk about this uh, and share this information with us i know all the fans out there are going to so appreciate and, and feel so assured that this movie is going to be everything that they hope it's going to be and we're excited and we're going to have you back to talk up to its release I think they're going to be pleased. I think they're going to be pleased. I, I'm, you know, I I choose a lot of what I do carefully, and and um, I, I read the script and I was I, I loved it. And it, I mean, it's got everything that it, it's got nostalgia in it. You know, it's it's got action and comedy and good actors. We got a good good guest cast, and and we're all back together and. I, I think the audience is really going to love it, and uh, I hope they do anyway. And I, I enjoyed the hell out of doing it. So, well, the question we want to know, though, do you have bananas in it? <laughs> no. Damn it! It's going to suck. <laughs> They've still got time. They've still got oh, time. We, we do have a Grubhub guy that, because you know, delivers food to us. So. <laughs> I'm amazed not one person got you with a banana gag on set just <laughs> once. I am amazed that didn't happen. If I was there, it would have happened. There's still time yeah. for reshoes. That's all yes. I'm going to say. Yes. Mark's going to watch this podcast. They can call me for that, I guess, you know. Mark is going to watch this podcast now and he'd be like, damn it. Quick, how much money have we got left in the budget? We need this shot. <laughs> we got $2.50. That'll give us a bunch of bananas. Yeah, there yeah. we go. The after credit scene, it's going to be there. It's, you know, Tiger's going to be leaving the station one day and suddenly his car is just not starting. <laughs> <laughs> one shot straight to a banana in the tailpipe. That is all we need. Everyone will go home happy. Watch oh, out, that's you, just, you just made me think of, an, of a scene that I could have put a banana in. You just made me think of that. <laughs> Call him up, John. Call him up. <laughs> there was a scene I could have been eating a banana and it would have been at least a little hint, you know. <laughs> Get in touch with him. It's still not too late. You can do this in the reshoots. <laughs> quick, quick quick, fly out to Detroit just to do that one shot. There you go. Right. Okay. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us on this extremely special Hollywood. Uh, we're obviously going to be watching the the production, release, plot lines, everything about this movie. We are so excited for it. And, you know, we just want to say again, thank you, John, for having so much faith in us and coming back to us and telling us all of this information. Okay. Thank you, guys. And we'll see you at Christmas time. Definitely. Thank you very much for putting up with our bullshit. And... And it is, it is genuinely wonderful to have you back again. You have been one of our favorite guests to have on because you just have this wealth of stories and this <laughs> wonderful depth of feeling that comes with being an actor's actor. And I absolutely love having you back on. So thank you very much for coming back. Um, you. you guys are great to work with. 
But now, though, um, I, it is time to wrap this up. So, uh, John, have you got anything else coming up besides Beverly Hills Cop 4 that we need to be talking about? Uh, j- just the ones I mentioned, All Happy Families and Lonesome Soldier. And uh, I just got, I haven't got the script yet, but they're talking to me about doing a golf movie in Georgia. So, <laughs> and if they Heaven. shoot it, if they shoot it in March, I'll be right near Atlanta or Augusta, and I can go to the Masters. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I love the script. <laughs> I don't even think you care if the script is any good. It's like, right, when are you shooting? That's the main thing that's important. <laughs> you had me at golf. <laughs> and I'll tell, I'll tell him right off the bat, I want, I want the, the Augusta weekend free. I'm not working that <laughs> Well, one thing um, I don't know if you can talk about, but I'll add this on there. It's something we mentioned the other day. Uh, hopefully, we're going to have a John Ashton book soon. I'm uh, I'm I'm getting in touch with some people. We're we're just in the beginning process now of writing a biography. So um, I started trying to write it myself and. I got stuck too many times, and uh, so I'm I'm getting somebody to collaborate with uh, writing a book, uh, an autobiography. So that that uh, it sounds like fun. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And if you want to if you want a preview of that autobiography, we've got four shows in our archives from John, which covers well, <clears throat> the sub the subtitle of the book is "From a Juvenile Delinquent to a Beverly Hills Cop." <laughs> Nice. Okay, that works. Yeah, that works. Yeah, that works. That has everything in the story you need. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, you Santa's relax and uh, take a load off, John, because you've been working very, very hard recently, and you need to just smoke those cigars, like Andy said. Thank you very, uh, very much for coming it. on. We're so very, very thankful that you've taken time out of your busy schedule to uh, to talk Thank to you. us. Well, you know, you guys love working with you guys. You guys are great, and. Uh, and I, I do have a cigar ready to be lit any minute. <laughs> I wish I was joining you, but I've quit. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, yes. you can't quit cigars. C- cigarettes, I can dig it, but not cigars. Yeah, we've, got, we've got to have one for New Year's, Steve. It's tradition. They're, they're a gateway drug. <laughs> <laughs> I have anyway. one a day. I have one a day. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, so with that in mind, it has been a goodbye from me. Okay. Goodbye. And a goodbye from me as well. Bye. Bye.